Thank you, choir. Take your Bibles, open them to, first of all, to John chapter 11. On March the 30th, A.D. 33, four days before Passover, Jesus departed the town of Bethany on the eastern slope of the Mount of Olives where he had spent time in the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. The day before, Mary had anointed Jesus by pouring perfume on his feet. And now Jesus is headed for Jerusalem. God had revealed to the prophet Daniel, 483 years after the command to build, to rebuild Jerusalem, the Messiah would come. King Artaxerxes of Persia, which is modern-day Iran, gave the command in the month of Nisan in the 20th year of his reign. The Jews did not use a solar calendar as we do, and in biblical prophecies, the years are composed of 360 days. So if the command to rebuild Jerusalem was given the first of Nisan in 444 B.C. It would have been 483 years of 360 days to the day, March the 30th, A.D. 33, that Jesus formally entered the city of Jerusalem as the Messiah, meaning the prophecy was likely fulfilled to the very day. Something else happened on that first Palm Sunday. The lambs that were to be slain at Passover were selected. And in his triumphant entry into the city, Jesus was presenting himself as the Passover Lamb. Many believe that Palm Sunday is about the pomp and the circumstance, about the celebration, the waving of the palm branches and the shouting of Hosanna, but it really is not. It's about Jesus' great compassion for the people of God. It's about Jesus weeping. It's about his tears for the people of Israel. Jesus made his triumphant entry into the city on that very first Palm Sunday by way of the Mount of Olives. And it was on this very mountain that scripture records the weeping of Christ. On the eastern slope in the village of Bethany, Jesus had wept because of his friend's suffering. On the western slope overlooking the city of Jerusalem, he had wept because of the sins of God's people. Here's what I want you to take away from the text this morning. Jesus Christ, the one whom we celebrate on this Palm Sunday, cares 
deeply about hurting humanity. I want to just say this morning, those of you who've been here for 20 years, y'all have heard me preach Palm Sunday messages and Sunday messages for 20 years. You've read the story, you know the story by heart. There's nothing I'm going to tell you this morning from this text that is new to you. It's all familiar. I'm familiar to you. You're just sitting there thinking, okay, Rick's up there, he's going to give another Palm Sunday message. And see, that's the danger of celebrating these special times in the Christian, on the Christian calendar. Easter, Palm Sunday, Christmas, we get so familiar with them, we get so, you know, uh, uh, familiar with the text, with the story, with the meaning that we, they almost become mundane to us if we're not careful. We lose the excitement, we lose the, the reality, the, 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 the point, the real point of the story. And before I get started into the text this morning, I want to just say to you this morning with all of my heart that I hope that you hear this morning the Holy Spirit of God speak to you and reveal a truth that maybe you have forgotten for some time. And that is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, loves you and cares deeply about you. There are some of you this morning that are hurting. Talked to a lady the other night at the movie. And she, there she is. Dean's here. Dean has a sister who's about ready to pass from this world. Some of you have lost jobs. Some of you have been out without a job for over a year. Some of you are dealing with stress, pain in your marriage, maybe with one of your children. Maybe it's a health issue. And you're at a place in your life where you wonder, does anybody really care? Does God Some of you may be dealing with guilt and shame from sin in your life. And you have done something, you have acted in such a way that you wonder if God could ever love you again or if God ever did. I want to take these two texts this morning that God has laid on my heart. And I want, in the best way that I can, with the Holy Spirit guiding me. If I don't accomplish anything else this morning, I'm not trying to be pretty. I'm not trying to be just polished or anything else. I'm just simply sharing my heart with you this morning. And my deep desire to 
that every person in this room this morning hears a word from God, and that word is whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, whether it's some form of suffering or some sin in your life, I care deeply about Take your Bible and open it, first of all, to John chapter 11. In John chapter 11, we read where Jesus weeps the first time. Beginning in verse 28, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, this was Martha speaking, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled, and he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? The event here was the funeral of Jesus' friend, Lazarus, in the village of Bethany. Now, I want you to note when Jesus wept. When he saw Mary and the others crying. She was grieving for her dead brother. But I want you to understand something this morning. Tears touch the heart of God. Tears, sorrow, grief, pain, touch the heart of God. Mary's heart was broken. Her brother was dead and Jesus was late in coming. Or so Mary thought. When Jesus arrived, he saw her weeping. That word there in the Greek means deep sobs, wails. Mary was sobbing uncontrollably. She was pouring out her soul in grief. You've been there? The loss of a loved one. You know what it's like to lose a parent, a friend, a mate, a child. When Jesus saw her, According to verse 33, he was deeply moved in his spirit and he was greatly troubled. Mary's tears and the cause of her heartbreak got to him. And John simply writes, Jesus wept. Now that's the shortest verse in the Bible and yet, I believe, one of the deepest verses in the Bible. Mary was upset, and Jesus felt her pain. 
Jesus was sensitive to her suffering. She wept, so he wept. He could not hold it in. It was a spontaneous expression of heartfelt love and sympathy. Friend, I want you to understand something. In that room, sitting in that chair, no one else is around, no one else heard or saw the sobbing, the tears that you have shed, maybe just recently. When you woke up in the middle of the night and you had that struggle on your heart, and your heart was overcome with grief, you may think that no one else heard or felt what you were experiencing. But in that moment, Jesus was weeping with you. Not one of our tears falls unnoticed, nor unforgotten. When you hurt, you are not alone. Our Lord is with us in our times of suffering. He's sympathetic to the loss of a loved one. He's sympathetic to the pain caused by the breakup in a marriage. He's overcome with grief at that of the news of that terminal illness to the mockery and the ridicule that you may have experienced at school or at work. Friend, on this Palm Sunday, I want you to understand something. Jesus still weeps for those who are hurting, for those who are suffering. And I want you to know right now, deep down in your heart, you are not suffering alone. Whatever it is you're going through, Jesus cares deeply about whatever it is that you're going through, that you're facing. When you weep, Jesus weeps along with you. This incident on the eastern side of the Mount of Olives in the town of Bethany reminds us that Jesus is sympathetic to our suffering. Well, after Jesus had left Bethany, he was making his way to Jerusalem on the western side of the Mount of Olives. And there, on the western side, of that mountain, we will find Jesus weeping once again, this time not over the suffering of people, but because of the sins of people. Turn over to Luke chapter 19. A few days after the experience in Bethany, Jesus is riding 
on a donkey making his way down the mountain toward the city of Jerusalem. Now the scene before Jesus is filled with excitement of a cheering crowd. They're waving their palm branches, they're singing their hosannas. Jesus is the center of attention. Now one would assume that Jesus was riding up there on top of that donkey with a smile on his face. Everyone was dancing, waving palm branches, shouting hosannas. But what about Jesus? Luke records, look in verse 41. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. You see, Jesus knew that within five days, all of those who were cheering would be gone. They would leave him, and their cheers would turn into jeers. Jesus is the object of their adoration. But he looks into that crowd, and he begins to weep. Hear him through his tears as he says. Look in verse 42. I got y'all to turn and I didn't turn. Look what it says in verse 42. Would that you, even you, had known in this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. As Jesus sits upon the donkey, he sees the towering temple silhouetted against the sky. Beyond that, Jesus looked down the years and he could see the whole city of Jerusalem leveled to the ground. He sees bodies in the streets, blood running in the gutters, hundreds of thousands of people crying. Because they are starving to death while Titus waits for Jerusalem to surrender. All because in their sinful pride and rebellion, they did not recognize the Messiah when he came. When the Jews wanted an Alexander or a Napoleon, who would ride in on his white horse and put down the Roman opposition. But when they did not get what they wanted, their cheers turned into jeers and they shouted, Crucify him, crucify him. Within a week they crowned Jesus a king, but with thorns they stripped him They beat him, and then they asked, Are you king of the Jews? And they laughed. 
they mocked him. How different their lives could have been. How different the history of Israel could have been if they had only recognized the one who came into their midst riding atop a donkey. But they didn't. So Jesus looked into that crowd and he wept at their unbelief and their sin. Now, these were different tears than the ones we read about in John 11, where Jesus wept at the grave of Lazarus. The word there to describe in Bethany to describe Jesus' weeping means to weep silently. Jesus was overcome with grief and sorrow for Mary and Martha's loss, and he wept. His eyes were filled with tears, but he wept silently on the inside. However, on Palm Sunday, as he rides into Jerusalem, when Jesus wept, the word there in the Greek means to weep bitterly, to wail. The people are loudly cheering, waving palm branches, but Jesus looked through their celebration at their sin, and it broke his heart. He wept bitter tears of anguish. Those were God's people, his chosen people. God had loved them. He had led them across the wilderness into the promised land, but they did not understand the Messiah when he rode into their midst. They had eyes, but they could not see. They had ears, but they could not hear. They missed the whole point of the message that God had given to them. And because of that, Jesus wept. And today is Palm Sunday once again. And Jesus is still weeping for us. He's saddened by our sinful condition. He is still saying, as he said in Luke 13, verse 34, How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathered her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Today, just like the inhabitants of Jerusalem, we find ourselves in the presence of Jesus I wonder what Jesus finds when he looks into our faces. Does he see people concerned about so many things other than those things that are eternally important? Does he see lives that are holy and pure? Or does he see compromise with sin and the evil of our culture? What kind of attitude does he see in us? What kind of lifestyle? Does he care about our hypocrisy? Does he see the unrighteousness? Does he see the compromise with evil? Or does he see a willingness to stand for truth and righteousness? When Jesus looks at your face and my face, does he see people who recognize him 
for who he is. The Messiah, the world's savior. Or does he see only people who are playing at Christianity? While we come to church and sing loudly and offer religious sounding prayers, on the inside we must ask ourselves, are our hearts far from God? When Jesus turns and looks into my life, I wonder, will he weep once again because of what he sees? As we celebrate Palm Sunday, the question for all of us is this. Is there anything in my life that might cause my Lord to weep? Is he saying to us as a church, how often I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Are we like some of those people on that first Palm Sunday, shouting and waving our palm branches, all the while living the way we want? And when we're challenged, we resist and rebel. Friend, today Jesus may very well still be weeping because of our sinful rebellion and the damage that sin can cause to our lives. I would say to you this morning, on this Palm Sunday, as you look at the condition of our world, and as you look at the condition of the church in general today, Jesus is still weeping. He weeps, first of all, because he is sensitive to our suffering. He knows everything that you are facing. He knows the hurt. He knows the pain. He knows the agony. He knows the heartbreak. He knows what you are going through. And because of that, his heart breaks for you. He hurts because you hurt. He weeps because you weep. He is sympathetic to your suffering. Not only that, he weeps because he is saddened by our sin. Just as he said to those on that very first Palm Sunday, he says to us today, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. Friend, I want to say to you this morning, the reason many of us feel stressed, feel discouraged, defeated, depressed, lacking any peace, fulfillment in life, is because we have missed who Jesus truly is and what he came to do. I would encourage you this morning to give all of your sin 
and your suffering to the Lord Jesus Christ. I know this. I believe with all of my heart because of the example that he set here in his Gospels that Jesus wants to carry your burden for you. He has shown himself compassionate and caring. The question is, do we believe him? Do we trust him? And do we believe that he truly cares about my suffering? And do we understand that my sin breaks his heart? And even that little sin that I think is not so important was big enough to send him to the cross to die on our behalf. So I encourage you this week, between this Sunday and next Sunday, let this week truly be a holy week in your life and in mine. A time to discover or rediscover the holy love of God for you. Jesus Christ is deeply concerned about you, about your suffering, and about your sin. So much so that he came to this earth for the express purpose of going to the cross and dying for you and me. On this Palm Sunday, let us rejoice. Let us sing Hosanna. Glory to God in the highest. The King, the Messiah has come. But let us not forget why he came. He came to identify with our sufferings. And he also came to take the penalty of our sins upon himself. I want you to just bow your heads for a moment. All across <clears throat> this room. Ben, I don't know what's going on in your life. I know, I know some of the things that are going on in various people around this room, but I don't know everything going on in anyone's life. Only God knows what's going on within you. But I do want you to know this morning that God loves you so much. And God knows exactly what you're going through what you're dealing with. He is sympathetic to your suffering. He hears your cries and he weeps along with you. I want to encourage you to find comfort in knowing that you are not alone suffering the Lord Jesus himself suffers with you not only that Jesus weeps over the sin in our lives and I wonder this morning 
Are you here and you've never acknowledged that Jesus loved you so much that he left the glories of heaven at the Father's command? He came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross and died on our behalf to take away all your sins. Are you willing to trust Jesus to be your own Savior and Lord? Not only to take away your sins, but to help you through life's difficulties and to be there and give you the strength, the encouragement, the comfort that you need in those times of suffering. Father, I pray today that your will be done in all of our lives. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just work and minister in the hearts of your people today. Let us truly understand your love for us. For we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. Dave and the choir are going to lead us in this invitation. You come as God leads you. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my 